0: comes out on July 1st, and it is truly a labor of love. I hope you'll pre-order, order, order, and join me on tour as I go across the country. You can find out more at zibbyowens.com or bookendsmemoir.com, and you can follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens because I always post about everything. Enjoy the show. Emily Henry is the author of Book Lovers. She is the number one New York Times bestselling author of People We Meet on Vacation and Beach Read. She studied creative writing at Hope College and now spends most of her time in Cincinnati, Ohio, and the part of Kentucky just beneath it.
2: Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Your office looks so beautiful and cozy. I just want to like climb into it.
0: You know, it is. I'm always
2: like here yeah, looking at my right. computer. And yeah. I know it's such a
0: waste. I need, yeah. to, I say this often, I need to like set it up, but then I wouldn't have as good a background. But, right. Um, you would just you know. have like
2: a wall and you're just sitting facing the beautiful yeah. set. No, I yeah. mean, there are
0: bookshelves this way too, but they're oh, not, yeah. they're not like color coordinated. They're messy yeah. and, you know, we don't need to show right. post its everywhere yeah. and it's like a zoo. So the private shelves. Yeah. The private shelves. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, congratulations on the launch of Book Lovers. So Thank exciting. You. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I've been really looking forward to this book and discussing this book and reading it. And it was so fun and great. And I'm just convinced that you should, like, text for everyone who ever wants to flirt ever. <laughs> like, people should hire you. You should just, like, be one of those, you know, you know that movie Roxanne, like, you know, yeah. to yeah, or whatever, yeah. where you're, like, always talking. You have, like, this gift of – Flirty te- texting Aww. or whatever. Anyway, and dial-
2: dialogue too, but particularly. <laughs> Thank you. I think I would have to be both people in that texting situation though, because a lot of times it's like you you set up the joke and then the person on the other side is like, okay. <laughs> like that's True. all they have to say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well,
0: that's like, a, I mean, that person's yeah. not even worth your effort. Right. That's right. Like Delete
2: the, that number. Yeah. Go
0: move on to someone you can <laughs> spar with. But there, I think there is something so attractive about
2: someone who's on your same wavelength in that way, right? Yeah. I mean, even when you make a new friend and you're like, wow, this is, this is really going well. That's like such an exciting feeling when you feel funnier and brighter and more sparkly because the person you're talking to just like gives as good as they get, you know? Yes, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's back up. Can you tell (laughs) listeners what Book Lovers is about? Yeah. Book Lovers is about Nora Stevens, who is an uptight, Ambitious, semi-cutthroat literary agent who lives in New York, and she loves her life, loves her job, but she has this problem, which is that she keeps getting dumped by men who should be perfect for her, for women who are her total opposite. So she, every time she gets a boyfriend, like he gets sent out of town by his job, and while he's there, he falls in love with like a, a small town baker or flower, you know, florist, whatever, and her relationships end, and so she has kind of accepted that she is the villainess in every small town romance story like she's <laughs> just there to be the foil to the like good girl and because of that her younger sister Libby convinces her that they should get out of town for a month and have a sister's trip and they can kind of give nora her own transformational small town experience maybe she'll fall in love with a carpenter or a local doctor you know a country vet whatever but while she's there she keeps running into her nemesis from back in the city charlie lastra who is this editor who summarily rejected nora's clients big book and did so in like a very rude way. And they, you know, they've been on the wrong foot ever since. And so he keeps intruding on what should be this really idyllic small town experience and bringing like his brand of New Yorker back into her periphery and upsetting everything. Amazing. And I love how you, you have it. Like it's so
0: self, it's so like publishing meta, right? It's like, like you like, you're like,
2: wouldn't it be funny if there was a story like this? And then all of a sudden you're writing that story. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so funny because the more time you spend in a certain world, the more, you know, it's weird little quirks. And I feel like, I mean, you're in, in books in every single corner of books, but like, I bet you would have, I mean, maybe this is something you're working on. Like, I feel like you would have so much to say about the podcasting world that like, you know, everybody listens to podcasts, but most of us don't know anything about how the sausage gets made. And like, you know, all of the weird quirks, you know, like what to expect from guests. Like you've probably had some very awkward interviews, like you've done it all. And I don't know. It's like, I don't keep setting out to write these very meta books, but I'm just really fascinated by so much of the book world. Huh. I never thought about writing about the publishing world, but I am actually working (laughs) on a novel about the book world. Yeah.
0: But about like, not, not, (laughs) not romance at all, nothing like that. But, um, but it is endlessly fascinating, right? Because it is—it is. it has so many. It in so many ways, it doesn't make any sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. right? It's like this yeah. total conundrum. Like, there's so many books. There's so yeah. many people who want to write books. There's like there are so many readers. But then, how do the readers find the right books? It, like, it's like ma- it's like a magic. It's like I completely dating. agree. How do people find? How do they find the right
2: things? And yeah. I don't know. And I think that's why it feels so miraculous when you do read a book and you're like, this is the perfect book for me in this moment in time. And I don't, I don't even know if we stop to appreciate how weird that is, because so often I'll pick up books that just for that moment, I'm like this, I'm not feeling this. I'm going to set it aside. And then maybe like three years later, I'm like, oh yeah, that book, try it again. And it's, you know, a roller coaster for me where I cannot get off and would not want to. And yeah, I don't know if we stop often enough to be like, this is weird that I'm reading this thing that feels like faded for me in this moment. Totally.
0: When you feel like somebody like on the page is like reading your mind and you just, it's, yeah. I wrote about, I have this memoir. I wanted to do an event with you about this, but I have this memoir bookends coming out and it's a lot about my like love of books and whatever. But I felt like the opposite also happens. Like there are books that so hit me when I was Mm -hmm. like right after college or I was like trying to figure my whole life out and, and all of this stuff and like what they were going through. And I was like, yes, this. And then I go back and read it and I'm like, well, what on earth was it? like what was I going through? Like you know yeah. um, but, yeah. tr- but usually though, then the authors have written something more recently right. that I'm still responding
2: to, but like for any of us to go back. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, I'm so with you. There are so many like middle grade or like chapter books that I loved as a kid that, like as an adult, I've been like, okay, I, I was I remember being eight years old and having a very strong emotional reaction to this book and rereading it and realizing, like, yeah, this is a book for kids. It's really bare bones. There's very little character development. Not to say that's every book for kids, but the ones I'm thinking of where you're just like, I like sobbed. I sobbed about this and it's like 80 pages long. (laughs) Nothing, you know, (laughs) nothing really happens. I don't know. You're so right. It's like the right book for the right time is like it. I don't know. It is like a time capsule.
0: It's true. Well, it's like clothing, right? You yeah,
2: you kind of outgrow certain things, right. right? And you need to you need to let it go and buy yourself new clothes. Yeah, you got to put those in the yeah. in the container yeah. under the bed or wherever yeah. you're gonna hide them. The shame box. Is she, yeah. The shame <laughs> box.
0: <laughs> they growing shame boxes, I should say. It's like all different. So I'm curious because you are so open on social media and all this. Like you're very funny. You're, I mean, you're a beautiful, you. beautiful young woman. And Thank yet you. you're like posting all these yeah. like ridiculous faces that you make and all this stuff. And it's obviously a conscious choice, like to show yeah. behind the scenes and, yeah. and the reality of everything. So how did you did that just happen? Or did you decide to do that? Like, do you have a specific approach? Because I feel like yeah. the marketing of the brand of the author is also <laughs> part of the puzzle of the whole thing.
2: Right. And I don't think, you know, I don't remember when I started, but I definitely feel like Instagram has shifted in the last few years because the filters have changed from like, you have dog ears to like, <laughs> we we gave you like a 16 inch waist for some reason. And I, I think watching that, like I had the realization, like, I didn't know that that was happening. (laughs) Like I am sort of, I use technology, but I'm never good at it. And I'm always like behind everything. So I didn't realize how much of what I was seeing was edited images. And I reached a point where I was like, wow, I feel worse about myself physically than I ever have in my life. What's going on. And then I realized like, I'm seeing like, of course I do. Like I'm my main entry point into the world of strangers right now is like beautiful pictures of them on the internet, oftentimes edited, not always, but it's like, you know, of course you want to post the most flattering picture. I do too. And that's why I post the most flattering pictures as well. But I I think just realizing that and being like, wow, that's really bad for me to not understand that that's just like, you know, the, the right lighting, the right makeup, the right, whatever, it's really bad for me mentally. And so I wanted to just kind of be like, I need to start sharing more of what actually happens when I take selfies because I'll take them for like 20 minutes (laughs) and there's like five that are good and the rest I'm like, I really, I am, I'm taking these pictures myself and they're still that ridiculous. Like I'm still blinking in most of them and it's like, I'm the one controlling the clicker. Yeah. (laughs) Like how is this (laughs) happening? So yeah, I think like, you know, like social media is so weird. You're always trying to figure out how to be authentic on it, but you like almost can't because you're always funneling yourself into this one picture and this caption. And it's just impossible to contain everything in that post. And so I think it's just like a very small way of being like, yeah, this is great. Here I am looking nice. And, you know, this is what I looked like in all the other pictures. It's just like a way to remind people. I think that like, this is not the summation of my life and experience. This is one corner of my house that is clean everything else right now is absolute chaos. <laughs> like that's the truth. I'm curious how
0: you manage. Cause you have all the, you have multiple books now, Trees, and people you meet on vacation and everything is like, has been back on the list and staying on the list and new books. And there's so much going on with you. So how much time are you spending writing? And then like, oh career, like sort of writing management stuff. And like, how are you keeping up? How are you keeping up with like the reader, especially with the interaction with readers and fans? How are you doing that? Well,
2: I think this is a funny question to get from you. (laughs) It's like famously the busiest woman in books, like making time for everything. Because I think, you know, to me, it feels like there's too much, there's too much. I can't keep up with all of it. And then I look at all my friends who are like, you know, raising kids and have other jobs and like are doing all the same stuff as me. And I'm just like, I was made, I was like made in a laboratory to do one thing at a time and be very lazy. So I think, you know, right now what I'm kind of doing is my team has been really great about giving me the end of the year where I'm like no publicity stuff at all from like uh, September through end of December, early January so that I can write a book because otherwise it's like not happening. And I think I'm just like, I don't know. I'm like, my big thing is I'm trying to work on saying no. And that's really hard because it's often just like a ton of stuff you want to do. It's not like saying no to like your, you know, sisters, like <laughs> barbers, cousins, like, like birthday party. It's like saying no to like a great interviewer, a great event with an author I love. And that has been like the biggest, I think point of growth for me in the last year is just simply having to say no and not being able to say yes, which is what I would do. So yeah, I feel like there's like a chunk of the year that is, you know, supporting my release and talking to readers and all of that, a chunk of the year that's just writing. And then the the whole year, just like practicing saying no. (laughs) Do you feel like,
0: like is reading fan mail from readers, like a guilty pleasure? Like, do you love doing that? Or do you like save it for certain times? Like you must get so much mail. That's really like, just I tell s- me about the mail part. It's t- it's t- I'll tell t- you about the coming. mail. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, it's really wild because, you know, Beatrice, I felt like, wow, I'm on top of the world. This is going so great. But People We Meet on Vacation was the one that really caught on book talk. And so that was when, you know, the reader messages started to really pour in. And that is amazing. There is no way that I could respond to all of them. And so it is the kind of thing where it's like, I do just kind of out of curiosity, like go into my (laughs) DMs every (laughs) once in a while and just read the lovely messages. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's amazing. And it's the kind of thing where I almost feel like I was talking to someone recently and they were saying like, it's kind of like looking into the Grand Canyon where it's like on a logical level, you're like, this is amazing. But your brain is sort of like, don't even bother trying to understand this because it is so huge and you cannot understand standing this close, like how amazing this is. And I think when I'm reading those messages, there's this feeling of surreal, like this very surreal quality where I'm just like, I can't believe this is real. And my brain is sort of like refusing to compute it. It's just like, look, look at something else. You can't handle like what this is. It's like too amazing. You know? Yes. Totally (laughs) get it. Oh my gosh. I love it.
0: Well, wait. Let's go back to the book for a okay. minute. Sure. <laughs> <I know.
1: laughs>
0: and first of all, you have a great like sister dynamic, right? And you have the yeah. pregnant sister and somebody who's like really. Uh, she's just so ready to like get out of her own life, um, yeah. even if she has to like hike her way up the hill. And, yeah. and 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 like, what a trip even means, like what is an escape, and like yeah. wh- and all of that. And then and and also the respect of people you work with and or mm. work for, and how that plays into everything too. So I don't know, talk about either of those things. Talk about like the sister relationship or talk about, you know, this sort of love, hate work relationship
2: situation. Yeah. Well, the sister relationship, I, so I have older brothers. I have sisters-in-law who I've now, you know, known for years and love like sisters and think of as sisters, but I grew up with older brothers and I had kind of written about that relationship in one of my YA novels but a lot of my closest friends are older sisters who kind of have this caretaker relationship with their younger sisters. And like, you know, one of my best friends, I have gone on multiple girl trips, like with her and her sister. And it's so funny because they will really be like at each other's throats being so mean to each other. And then five minutes later, they're like laughing so hard. They can't stand up and they're crying. And I'm really fascinated by that relationship, like the intensity of a close sister relationship and especially one where it's like the, you know, they've been, they've been through all the same trauma. They've had the same childhood, even if it struck them kind of differently. And, you know, one of them has, has kind of taken on this like parent parental role, but they're also like best friends. And I'm just, I was so fascinated by that and really wanted to write that. And also, you know, my other best friend, like we've been best friends since we were 10 years old. And so we've gone through all these big, major life transitions. Like we left and went to different colleges in different states. And then we moved back to Cincinnati and then she left again and moved to Denver. And so I feel like I've been through all of those growing pains of like, like we love each other so, so much, but our lives are taking us in different directions. And if, you know, to really love each other, well, we have to be willing to kind of let that space grow, to let you Go and pursue your dream and live somewhere else. And that's like a really painful but beautiful thing when you have that relationship that, that spanned decades and you have to just create room so that you can both keep growing and that love doesn't have to go away. And so, even though, you know, like I don't have biological sisters or, you know, sisters in my immediate family, I really felt a lot of that relationship with my friends kind of like creeping into it and the feelings of. I like, I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to, to go anywhere where I can't get to you, <laughs> but I also want you to be happy so badly. And so much I think of Nora and Libby's relationship is both of them feeling that way about each other. I felt, I just so related to Libby. I have to say,
0: Aww, Oh, are oh you a gosh. younger sister? No, no. I mean the pregnancy oh. part, the like heard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. No, no, sorry. Not that no, part. No, yeah, like, yeah. Just like the bedraggled, like, you know, she didn't want to express how, you know, it's it's just, sometimes it's
2: really hard. Well, and you know, I think, you know, one of my good friends was pregnant while I was writing the book and, and I, it was really nice because she's so open. And so she was like, just really sharing how she was feeling and that weird feeling of her identity splitting. It was her first and like feeling like, okay, you know, I think of myself as this artist and now I'm going to be a mom. And like, always feeling like, you know, she's failing at one when she's succeeding at the other. And I think that's so refreshing because, you know, I feel that way after almost 15 years of this. So, you know, (laughs) I think, I mean, and I don't know that, I don't think that men feel that same pressure where for some reason it's like, you know, parenting is important to men as well. But I feel like that feeling of, I am only, a mom in these moments, or I'm only an artist in these moments. And I'm, so I'm always dropping the ball on something. I don't know. It's just, it's so fascinating and it's hard. And I feel like I want to see more of that in fiction and the risk, you know, kind of like the space given to moms to like complain <laughs> and like, to be like, instead of being like, this is a beautiful experience. And I love, I love being pregnant so much. And I loved my natural birth in a swimming pool at home. Like it's okay to be like, I am so tired and like sick of my family and I need a minute alone, you know? I
0: just read uh this book by Julia May Jonas called Vladimir.
2: Oh, I am so excited to No, but the cover I think is Yeah, the cover amazing. is very, very racy. Yeah. I'm like, yes. I was so embarrassed. I literally like walked into my house and I like put it face down on like the
0: table <laughs> when I walked in. Cause I was like, I feel like I don't want anyone to see this. It's like yeah. you know, bare chest right. of a man. Hairy like, man. What do people yeah. think I'm reading? This is like, yeah. you know, can't show my babysitter. But anyway, <laughs> in the beginning of that book, the main character is a novelist, and mm-hmm. she wants to write this novel from three women's perspectives, a, an artist, a mother, and a career woman, and then like throughout her fictitious book in this novel you realize it's the same woman. Yeah. And oh I loved gosh. that. And I was yeah. like, I was like, why did you not write that book? Go write that book. And yeah. she's like, okay, maybe I'll write that book. <laughs> I hope she does. I hope she does. But yeah. it's so true. I mean, there are all these different identities that all yeah. of us have, whether you yeah. have your own kids or not, this whole yeah. like sides of yourself that you have to interweave, like which one am I today? Yeah. Or how much of this is, you know, it's like this pie chart, right? right? And each day you only get to see a little bit of <laughs> right. The slices, right? Like it's yeah. like a... Yeah, like the chore chart you just yeah. flip it around so like, right. Today you know, like what's I'm top be, priority you know, f- event planner and yeah. I'll be a photographer tomorrow right. and you know and then a laundress yeah, yeah then a laundress <laughs> yeah exactly oh my gosh and talk about the work relationship and how you know even between two very professional people and who are super accomplished there can be some sort of underlying sexual tension like what do you do about that and does it come from all the negativity all yeah
2: of yeah I, It's so interesting because I don't know. Have you watched that show Severance? It just came out on Apple TV. Like a few. No, with Adam Scott. Yes, it's really good. But I just saw the picture of it and I was like, I should watch that. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's dark, it's upsetting, but it's fantastic. And you know, so much of it, it's like this weird, like workplace, like satire in a way. And it's so interesting because it really, it's obviously totally different from what I'm doing. But it was making me think so much about kind of the dynamics that form in a workplace. And you know, like there's like kind of the shorthand now of like my work wife or my work husband, where it's like you find that person who you're like, okay, I'm sticking with you because like we all, you know, like I know who to look to in the meeting when somebody says something ridiculous, like I'm we're gonna be making eye contact and whatever. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's like when you spend that much time at your job or like have that really tricky work life balance, those relationships are so important. And like can very naturally become more. And I was really, you know, excited for this book to have two characters who are so similar. Like you said, they're both like, like diehard professionals, but I wanted to use that similarity to create this feeling of tension first with like them having sort of a contentious, like argumentative relationship and then with like sexual and romantic tension. But just the idea of like, when you're, when you see yourself mirrored, like (laughs) <laughs> that weird push pull where you're like, do I hate you or do I love you? And is it because I, because you are me? Like, is this narcissism? What's happening? And that was really fun because I had written mostly couples who were really different before that. And I was like, okay, I want to write two piece in a pod and, and see if I can still make it like feel fairly intense and combustible. Did you see dirty rotten this is from a really long time ago? No, I've heard of oh it, gosh. but I have not okay. seen it. It's not
0: like t- totally related <laughs> to what is making me say this, but, but it's like the scammer is trying to take advantage of the yes. woman who turns out to also be scamming yes. him. So it's it's sort of the same thing. It's like, you don't know who really has the power. Like you're both doing what
2: you're doing and yet you can't always see it. I don't know. Yeah. No. And there's that me. feeling of competitiveness. Yes. That, yes. I don't, yeah. Totally.
0: Yeah. But that's awesome. I love the dynamic between Nora and Charlie. Charlie. Thank
2: you. Yeah. Yeah, It's
0: it's really, um, it was really awesome. And I just like left wanting, wanting more.
2: (laughs) Oh, thank you. That's the best. What's your next novel?
0: Do you have it already?
2: I have a draft of it. I don't think I can, I can't speak like freely and openly about it, but yeah, I think it'll be coming out next summer. It is another romance. The cast is like slightly larger, which is like something I'm trying to balance now in edits of making everyone feel real, but so much of it, it really is, you know, it's kind of like about, it's about a friend group. I'll say that it's about a friend group and a relationship within that friend group. And it's really, I feel like it feels really different, but obviously like I really only know how to like do a couple of things. So I think readers who like this one will still really like that one. Hopefully. Is it also set in the literary world or can you not say? It is not set in the literary world. I'm trying to think if there's even a single character from, it is not, it's, it is pretty. So in that way, it's different. I I do feel like I could just keep writing books set in the literary world forever. <laughs> I really do. And I'm like, now at this point, I'm like trying to find a way to distinguish my <laughs> books. I'm like, I can't just do this thing. But I, honestly, I'll probably come back and do another one. Um, maybe it'll be a book podcast, or if you don't do that first. We'll see. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) Could do it together. Yeah. I don't know if there's enough about podcasting. I mean, I'm literally just
0: sitting here in my room. like.
2: But you have, I mean, you have to have like, you know, there's like the quirks and the the people, like I'm sure a lot of people show up without headphones or like, I mean, that sounds so boring, but I feel like there's a way to do it funny. You're probably right. Yeah. You're probably right. You're just too close to it now. You don't like, you know, if you started writing down everything that's happened to you since starting the podcast there would be a lot there i mean that's i guess true, that's yeah. a lot of that's going into the memoir probably though no no not too much really cool yeah, not too much i'm so excited for that too,
0: oh my gosh i have to send it to you i have to yeah send it to please you. do okay. okay yeah it's true i i almost wrote an article about like what not to do when you're a guest on a podcast <laughs> i think yeah. i should write that i think you should yeah. that
2: would be helpful for a lot of us
0: yeah you're not doing any of those things <laughs> oh, good. but i had i did have one interview where i was just like this is a perfect example. Of the,
2: like, <laughs> I hope they were like something. chewing gum. <laughs> I won't even, I won't
0: even say I mean, it, hardly yeah. ever happens, but it's just yeah. like, you know, okay. And now I can't, I honestly can't even remember who that was because I could go yeah. back and listen to it again right. to remind myself what I was even thinking. <laughs> uh, but anyway, interesting. Do you have any parting advice for aspiring authors? Well,
2: I mean, I really feel like, you just have to like not give up because it it feels like everybody else has had this overnight success. And that's almost never true. That's like the one in a million. Most of us really are doing like the frantic Googling building of like Excel spreadsheets being, you know, just trying to get all the information and to query agents and all of that. And I feel like it, it feels so trite to say, but it really is true that it's like, it just takes so many no's before you get a yes. And all you really need is that one. Yes. So I don't know. I know it can be so discouraging. And so I think the big thing is I just want people to know they are very much not alone and not even just like the other people who are aspiring to publish, but like all of the published writers they're, you know, listening to podcasts of and reading, like all of those people are also very familiar with rejection (laughs) and that's just a part of it. Very true. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited for the book.
0: Congratulations again. And yeah, let's keep talking. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Cindy. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye, Emily. Take care. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zivi Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi! Hi! Hello! Enjoy the show!